Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, so March starts tomorrow, right? I fly to Madison tomorrow for the Penn State game in Wisconsin, and it's going to be below zero. <laughs> wow. All right, let's get to our play-by-play call of the day. Dwayne Wade still with a little magic left against Golden State. Ten seconds left. Wade against Iguodala. Five seconds left. Waiters back to Dwayne. Shoots. No, he couldn't get it off. Now fires it up. Back it in. It counts. It counts. The Heat win the game. Dwayne Wade won it for Miami. 126-125. Still some magic left for Dwayne Wade as they beat Golden State last night. Bryce Harper, 13 years, $330 million. R.J. Anderson joins us from uh, CBSSports.com. R.J., welcome back. Great to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Okay, uh, what's the most... I look at the, the opt-out part's the part that struck me. What struck you about this deal? No, I agree, the opt-out part and just the total length of the deal because, you know, there was a lot of talk about Harper wanting a 10-year deal and here he gets a 13-year deal and... You know, all those rumors about how he didn't really want to play in Philadelphia, he wanted an opt-out, they all seem to have been, you know, misplaced or perhaps properly placed. And maybe what he really wanted was 13 years and to have control over his career uh, by means of not even worrying about an opt-out. So those are the things that jump out to me the most. And also, I guess I would say the total value, because it's spread over 13 years, it actually benefits the Phillies from a CBT perspective because, you know, it's, what, $25 million instead of, say, 33 million, wherever it would have been over 10 years. So those are the three things I think that jumped out the most to me. If they keep this clause in the collective bargaining agreement, though, after year five, he'll then be a 10 5 guy with the Phillies, which means he can veto any trade. I think that that gets a little bit lost in here. Yeah. But of course, this deal also includes a no trade clause from the get go. So, you know, as you said, he would have been able to qualify for that in five years, but now he has that from day one, so you're not going to see a situation where they sign him and in two or three years they're able to trade him. And, you know, if it's if Bryce Harper, it's Bryce Harper. They're not going to want to trade him anyway, but that scenario is completely off the table unless they can get him to sign off on and down the road. In this off season, David Price had an opt-out with the Red Sox. Now he's getting $31 million. I think he looked at the current climate and said, I think I'll stay. J.D. Martinez has an opt-out at the end of this season coming up. Has what happened the last couple of years, do you think that is that influenced how Bryce Harper went about this deal? You know, it's possible. I mean, who's J.D. Martinez's agent? Scott Boris. So, yes. you know, maybe there's a lesson learned there from that experience. And also, you know, to be fair, Bryce Harper probably had a lot of say in this. Probably had, you know, he should have had the final say in this. And it's possible that he just didn't want to worry about that. He wanted 
to be able to go to his wife and the rest of his family and say, okay, we're here for 13 years. I have complete say over this. There's not going to be, you know, any temptation to leave, at least in the form of an opt-out, you know, who knows about the trade front? Maybe in seven years they do want to trade him. But like we said, you know, he has complete control over his career. And I can see, you know, from my perspective, I can see there being value in that, even if it doesn't necessarily allow him to maximize his earnings, as funny as that sounds. Alex Rodriguez signed a 10-year deal with the Texas Rangers. Robbins and Cano signed a 10-year deal with the Seattle Mariners. Those didn't work. Why do the Phillies think this will work? Well, I would say the Phillies are a little bit farther along in terms of on the win curve than either of those teams were. I mean, you know, I think the A-Rod and the Cano contracts are more comparable to what Machado just did with San Diego, where you have yes. a team that's trying to rise. Whereas the Phillies, you know, they obviously faded down the stretch last season, but they've done a lot of work this offseason to improve that team, and they were already a decent team to begin with. And, you know, another reason I think this is different is because when you look at that Phillies roster, they needed one more impact-level player. You know, that was the thing that was missing not only from the offseason but from the roster. And when you look at future free agent classes, there's no guarantee Mike Trout's ever going to become a free agent, especially with what you referenced earlier where players are seemingly a little bit more scared of hitting free agency, as bad as that is. And on top of that, you know, the Phillies have already kind of used their top trade ships in order to get uh, J.C. Riomiso. So if they were going to go out there and get an impact-level player, this was the way to do it. This was the guy to do it. So there's going to be a lot of expectations on Harper, obviously. But he's on a solid to good team. And he, you know, he doesn't have to be the man necessarily. As long as he's himself, this is going to be a competitive squad. And you know, they have a real chance to compete not only in the National League East, but for the National League pennant now. The uh, you mentioned J.T. Riomoto at catcher. They picked him up in the deal with the Marlins. Segura was picked up in the deal with the Mariners. They then decided to put together at what I refer to as an arbitration deal. In other words, Aaron Nola is not going to get hurt being damaged verbally in arbitration by the deal that they put together. Do you like what the Phillies done in terms of piecing together a team and not just a mega star in it? Well, I definitely like what they did during the offseason. I thought the Segura deal was highly underrated. You know, I think, yes. you know, that's basically J.P. Crawford's best-case scenario, and he's basically under team control for as long as Crawford is. So that one's hard to be. But, you know, I think you can argue that Harper is a megastar, so they kind of did that too. But they didn't just focus on, you know, let's get the big name and stop there. To their credit, they went out there and got one of the best shortstops in baseball. They got one of the best catchers, if not the best catchers in baseball. And they also got Harper. And I know there's a lot of debate about how good he actually is. A lot of that is driven based on one year of defensive metrics, which are notoriously unreliable. So, <laughs> you know, Harper was still, when you look at OPS+, plus, he was still about 33% better than the league average hitter. That is nothing to sneeze at, even if he is a minus defensively. You know, that's a, that's a quality player. And is he the best player in baseball? Absolutely not. Is he a pretty good player? Yes. Yeah, there's no, there's no question. He's a very good player, and, and not only that, I think power wise, not average wise, but power wise, mm-hmm. he's been really good in the postseason. Power wise, I mean, you know, was the like the moment I don't think it's ever been too big for him. Well, yeah, I mean, remember this is a guy who was having profiles written about him when he was what 16 by Sports Illustrated. Yeah. So, you know, this is a guy who. You know, people are going to nitpick his personality or whatnot, but I said the same thing about Machado when he signed. You know, these guys act like they've been in the major league since they were 19 because they've been in the major league since they were 19. You know, that does something to you, and it can change your personality. It can change how you behave and think. 
because that's a lot of pressure, and these guys, their credit, have handled it well. They've obviously had very successful careers, and now you know it's paying dividends in the form of these three hundred plus million dollar contracts. All right, RJ, let's look at the Phillies lineup. Uh, what makes them? How, how does Harper fit? Do you think he's a three or a four hitter in this lineup? And how does he fit with the analytics approach of Gabe Kapler? That's a good question. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Harper bats second in this lineup. And the reason I say that is because, you know, Gabe Kapler, he should be familiar with the analytical studies that suggest the most important spots in the lineup are the leadoff spot, the number two spot, and the number four spot. Because the number three spot often comes up with two outs and nobody on. So if you want to maximize Harper's power, you probably put him fourth. You know, that gives him the best chance of coming up with a runner on base if you want to maximize his on-base skills because this is a guy who can, you know, he takes walks, he draws walks. You know, pitchers fear him to some extent, and he has a good eye as well. You want to maximize that, maybe you bat him second. Uh, But, you know, it just depends on what Kapler wants. Obviously, you know, they have Hoskins, they have McCutcheon, they have Real Muto. They have options, and Segura as well. You know, they have some options, they have some good hitters. So wherever way he goes, I don't think it's going to be a bad decision. It's just a matter of what does he want to maximize at any given point in time from Harper's game. I know it's one early series, but April 2nd, it's the Phillies and the Nationals. <laughs> Almost right out of the gate. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's going to be one that everyone has their eyes on. And, you know, to the Nationals' credit, you know, we're talking about how good Bryce Harper is. If there's a team that could actually withstand losing Harper, it might be the Nationals. I mean, Juan Soto, everyone knows that he's yeah. a new teenage sensation, but they also have a guy named Victor Robles, and he was hurt last season. But he was actually considered a better prospect than Soto. And scouts still think he can be a better all-around player because he's a five-tool player. He can play center field. He has a big arm. He has power, speed. He can hit for average. You know, that, that guy is a real deal. And I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Harper right away. I'm not saying he's ever necessarily going to be as good as, as, good as Harper. But he has a chance to be a special player. So yeah. don't be surprised if the Nationals are right there in the race. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, besides doing Penn State football, basketball, I do the State College Spikes minor league games in the summer. Victor Robles was doing rehab at Auburn, so I saw him several times last summer. You are right. He is a five-tool guy. You can see it in him that he has that kind of potential. Now it's a question, of course, at the upper level of fulfilling it, but you can see it. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, you know, Juan Soto last year, Nationals have you know had a good run of luck with uh, younger outfielders. You can throw Harper in there as well. You know they really have had a, a nice little run of these teenage or you know uh, tween age outfielders who come up and are just phenoms from day one. RJ, I was told that that Scott Boris said that they had like some forty five million dollar a year deals presented to them, but yeah. none of them were long term. I have trouble believing that. Just just from sitting in this chair looking around at my four walls here, I have trouble believing that because (laughs) that would mean somebody committing. And I always use the $206 million mark as the artificial um, cap in baseball because of the luxury tax. You're you're talking about committing 22% of your salary to one guy? I mean, that, 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 that statement made no sense. Did it make sense to you? It sort of did because I think that when you look at the Dodgers, that seems like a deal the Dodgers would do. You know, Andrew okay. Friedman is very creative, and throughout his executive career, he has really been known for trying to skew risk. You know, he doesn't like taking on these long-term deals that put him in positions where you know there's going to be three, four, maybe even five dead years or you know dead weight years. So I think that's something that Friedman could have done. He could have went to Harper 
you know, a three, four-year offer with that huge AAV, and obviously that wasn't enough to entice Harper, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's where baseball's heading. You know, there's so much talk about avoiding those down years, those decline years, that, you know, what's the alternative to that? You either go long and you give them, you know, the term, or you go short and you give them a ton of money, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Dodgers did make an offer. Now, whether it was 45 or 40 or 35, hey, I have no idea, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Dodgers really did go out there and give him a huge AAV offer that was, you know, only three to five years in length. All right, back to the analytics part for a moment. Uh, analytics does not put a high premium, as you know, RJ, on the 33-year-old-plus player. 33-year-old-plus players are down 26% in the majors. Obviously, when you sign a 13-year deal, there's going to be a chunk of these years that are past 30, 33 years yeah. of age. <laughs> so are you, are you surprised the Phillies went that far with it since they are so immersed in analytics, but they decided to have not quite half, but a good chunk of it past 33 years of age? Yeah, that's a good point. And I guess I'm I'm a little surprised, like I mentioned earlier, I'm surprised that it's 13 years rather than 10. But, you know, giving these long-term deals is a required part of shopping at the very top of the market. And right. in addition to that, you know, when we talk about um, older players, you know, 33 years of age or older, really hitting a decline, what research has found is that it's not necessarily that they drop off. It's just that all players decline, you know, at basically the same rate. So if you're Bryce Harper, you know, you're entering your age 33 season, you're probably going to be, you know, it's not an MVP caliber player. You're probably going to be an above average player. So with you losing a little bit at age 33 and age 34 and so on is different than, you know, if it's a league average player hitting age 33, 40, 34 and so on. So, there's certainly a lot of risk there. I mean, I'm not trying to say there's not, but in this right. case, you know, it does make sense for a variety of reasons. Now let's go to another part. We know baseball is always examining what to do with the rules. And at some point, the discussion is going to get hot and heavy as to whether the National League will go to the DH. Does this deal make even make some sense for the Phillies in the fact that if the National League goes to a DH, he can then become that guy? Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense, and I don't know, if, I don't know if it's necessarily in their mind, but to uh, you know, use another example here. Recently, the Cardinals had Jose Martinez, and he is a horrible fielder, no matter where yes, you play is. him. Yes, and they is. signed him to an extension or a new deal. It wasn't actually an extension to pay him more, so he'd stay here instead of pursuing an opportunity in Japan. And it seems like one of these deals where they're keeping him not only to add value as a bench player and as a reserve, but potentially to slot in as their DH if the National League does go to a DH in a few years. So I'm not I obviously I'm not privy to what the Phillies were thinking, but I'm sure that probably did play a small part in here. I would not put Jose Martinez in as a late inning defensive replacement in the Little League game. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> no, it's okay, Jose. No, we'll have Bobby play right field. We're good. <laughs> so, so, we're, we're, we're fine. Uh, how do you now view the respective National League division races based on now how Machado fell into place and how Harper fell into place and what everybody else did in the offseason? You know, I think the National League West is still kind of set in stone. I, unless the Padres have, you know, one of these miraculous years where all their young arms come up and just hit on all cylinders right out of the gate, I think that's still going to be the Dodgers' division to lose. And to be fair, with what they've done the last two offseasons, it seems like they're trying to lose it. <laughs> but I think they're still better than everyone else in that division by enough that I wouldn't feel comfortable betting against them. Uh, with the other two divisions, you know, the National League East and the National League Central are going to be absolute 
just a madhouse, as it feels like. You know, the National League Central, you look at some of these projection systems, they have every single team in the National League Central at 80 wins or above. And now that's not probably going to happen, actually, but that's, you know, that speaks to the quality and depth of that division. I think, you know, I think I'd still go with the Cubs, but the Cardinals and Brewers are very good, and the Reds made a lot of effort this offseason to add these veteran players who are upgrades to them. And I don't know if it's going to work, but, you know, that's going to be a pretty interesting division to watch. The same with the East. I mean, you can argue right now, you can probably argue among three teams are the best in that division. You know, the Nationals, again, people are going to sleep on them a little bit because of the Harper loss. They have Robles. They also went out and added Patrick Corbin. And they shored up some spots around the diamond with Dozier uh, trading for Jan Gomes, signing Kurt Suzuki. You know, those were small, if under-the-radar moves. The Phillies we've already talked about. The Braves really didn't do a whole lot other than add Josh Donaldson and Brian McCann. Kind of disappointed in them. But, you know, there's a lot of young talent there. They showed last season they're going to be able to hang with these guys. And then, you know, the Mets, obviously, a ton of moves. I mean, we can't yeah. list them all. I think we'd run out of time on this segment. Right. But if they stay healthy, and they're the Mets, so they're never going to stay healthy. But if they do stay healthy, they have a chance of being competitive. RJ, where did Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell fall in all this? That is a great question. And honestly, I don't know anymore because Keuchel and Kimbrell both made some sense for the Phillies, I thought, uh, especially Keuchel. And now, you know, they just showed out this for Harper. It's they're probably not going to go out and spend more on Keuchel and or Kimbrell. So I don't really know where they're going to land. You know, Keuchel, he doesn't fit at all of what these front offices want from a pitcher anymore. You know, they want high spin, high velocity fastballs. He's a low spin, low velocity fastball guy. He might have to take a one-year deal somewhere. Or, you know, maybe he has to wait for an injury in camp. And Kimbrell, I think it's just embarrassing that he's still unsigned. You know, he's only had three or so teams connected to him. At a time when these front offices and these teams are emphasizing bullpens, it is wild to me that the all-time leader in saves through an age 30 season remains not only unemployed, but you don't even see rumors connecting him to anyone anymore. And that's just incredible to me. That is incredible to me. One final question. Uh, I don't think he went past 92 past July or June 24th last year. How concerned are the Dodgers about Clayton Kershaw? They have to be extraordinarily concerned because, you know, they need him to be healthy. They really didn't do a whole lot this offseason. They need Kershaw to be there for, obviously he's probably not going to make 30 starts, but they need him for at least 20 starts. And if he's out, that puts a lot of pressure on the rest of that rotation. And that's a problem because the rest of the rotation has question marks of their own. You know, Walker Bueller looks like a stud, but after that, you know, they traded away Alex Wood. You know, Rich Hill is always going to miss time. Julio Reyes, he has missed, you know, significant time lately. And there's already been questions about his workload even before he got hurt. And, you know, you just keep going through the names. There's a lot of a lot of volatility in that rotation. And if the Dodgers do lose that division, it's going to be in part because the rotation fell apart. RJ, absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for this. It was terrific as always. Of course. Thank you for having me. RJ Anderson, CBSSports.com. Great work all the time covering Major League Baseball. We'll come back with more in a moment. The most interesting man in New England in the final half hour. In fact, to be honest with you, maybe it's probably now the East Coast. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. I can hear Philadelphia now the first time Bryce Harper strikes out at Citizens Bank Park. Oh, <laughs> and you know that's going to happen. 
You know that's going to happen. Well, you figure it's in, you know last year how long did it take for them to boo Gabe when he went out for, you know talk to a pitcher. You know it didn't take long. No. Yeah, but he took Aaron Nola out to twenty pitches that's saying right. he retired. <laughs> hey, come on, that was legit. Hey, no offense, no offense, but I'm not saying they shouldn't have booed you know at that me. moment. I'm just, <laughs> you know me, I'm not big into booing anything. I don't boo. What are you doing? <laughs> okay, that one I would have questioned. I don't. What are you doing out there? Yeah, wait. I'm just saying it just didn't take long for them to start booing. So, <laughs> and then what, what was it? Was it the second game of the season? He didn't. He didn't start Herrera. He said, "There you go." Well, this is how analytics works. No, 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 no. I'm trying to win. <laughs> you know, so Gabe did change a little bit as the season went. <laughs> I can, I can see Harper now. You want me to do what? <laughs> well, now with wins, now with wins here in the 2019 season, you know, that takes him now between, you know, gets him closer to maybe 90 wins a year. What, the Phillies? Sure. With, with Harper? I think yeah. the year I'd be thinking they might be win, win 95 games. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Bryce Harper is about to sign a 13-year deal worth $330 million dollars. For Sean and me, there are only two people we know that can relate to that. One, of course, is now dabbling as a hobby in digital media, and the other one is the most interesting man in New England. I think you'd agree with that, right, Sean? Actually, I just shared the uh, the Bryce Harper news with uh, the king of uh, South Windsor, Connecticut, and I think he about fell out of his chair in Studio 22. <laughs> I'm in stunned disbelief. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 13 years guaranteed? Yeah. I mean, uh, he'd get the flu for 10 years, you know, and just sit at home and collect. How much is the total contract worth? 330 That's almost a half a billion dollars. I know. Wow. I'm in the wrong business. No you kidding. Know, we should have worked harder at baseball. You know. Four at bat, four at bats, and four plays in the field. That's your night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's what's his at bat worth? 
like a hundred yeah. grand. Pretty that's pretty good. good. Well, good for him. You know, that's why. That's why Dana O'Neill, my 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 old friend. Well, I look old. She doesn't. But what did she say today about her son? Well, he was crunching the he was crunching the numbers as to how much it was what per how much Bryce Harper would make per day or per week, and then she said she's going to run him out onto the backyard so he can start playing baseball. <laughs> Give it a shot. <laughs> See how it goes. <laughs> baseball teams just got really, really big. Suddenly out of nowhere, every Little League just got overrun. Yeah. I think I'll sign my kid up. <laughs> All right. Get up. You're playing baseball. All right, Kevin. You, you, you had the in question. Inquiring mind uh, by you wanted to know, Bryce Harper, uh, that breaks down the three hundred and thirty million dollars thirteen years out breakdown to a little over just under forty five thousand dollars per plate appearance and one hundred and fifty six thousand six hundred and ninety five dollars per game. Wow. You know, don't be late for work. But it doesn't matter because they have to pay him. That is just the Phillies are crazy. You know? And he better perform. So he's making more than the annual medium household income of Philadelphia every time he steps up to the plate. Yeah, that's a tough place to play. They love you. You're good. You don't produce. Holy moly. He's going to have a miserable life. I'm telling you, well, not really. (laughs) You can fool me every day. (laughs) I let let you punch me in the mouth every day for that. Holy cow. Let me put it to you this way. I mean, he has direct deposit. It's not going to be that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. He's not. I mean, so what's Mookie worth? Oh, compared to Harper? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Compared to Harper? Wow. Cool. The Red Sox just went, oh, no. Oh, my God. Oh, Mike Trout in two years, too. What's he Yeah, imagine Mike Trout. He'll be part owner of the team. Man, he'll probably own another team. This would be an interesting question to give Tony Knopp when he joins us. We're going to have him back on the show next week. So now, uh, how will that factor into future ticket prices for the Phillies? Yeah, that's that's got to be figured in here. But I mean, Tony's going to be giving me the commentary from Malibu while I'm sitting next to a recycling plant in New Jersey. Uh, so <laughs> that's right. You'll be at Rutgers next week. That's right. Yeah, exactly right. That's great. So as you can hear, the waves crashing in the background, and then when they go back to me, you're going to hear ding, ding, ding. You're going to be driving. You'll be you'll be driving into Rutgers. You have the Sopranos theme going in your truck. Which one of the two <laughs> is at the ocean, and which one isn't? <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Baseball's got a huge problem. Big, big problem. Bryce Harper because... doesn't. <laughs> no, I was listening today. I forgot what show I was listening to, because I, listened... I had to drive to Southwark, Mass. So I had radio time and the guy said baseball revenue is up but their yes. um, ratings are so bad that yes. the, and the problem is the kids aren't watching anymore because the game's too boring you know they're watching basketball baseball is now at is now a 10 billion dollar a year industry the NFL's 15 billion. But baseball is a ten billion dollar a year industry, 
And despite the fact that you had two of the marquee teams, franchises, in terms of name recognition, the, the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Boston Red Sox, the ratings yeah, for the I'm World Series, the, the, the World Series ratings were no better than okay. Yeah. It was almost embarrassing that yep. nobody was watching the World Series and yep. huge media markets because it's boring, you know, and it shouldn't be. But they, the player, we talked about it last week, that the players leave a bad taste in people's mouth. They don't want to, they're not going to follow these new rules at all. They've already said we're not doing it. That's it. I, that's just bizarre that the. The employees, and they are employees, can tell the ownership what to do. So, whatever. And they're making lots and lots of money. You got players that this guy's not worth that money, and he's never going to produce that for the Phillies. Never. So, well, I hope he does for the Phillies' sake and for the fans' sake, but he, he's. Bryce Harper is. I. He had a lousy year last year, didn't he? He did. He did. Yeah. But you know what? If the Phillies win one, I'm trying to think, Sean, you're not a huge baseball fan, but you're a Phillies fan, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. If the Phillies win one with Bryce Harper and say it happens within the next three years, I would think Philly fans would think it's worth it. Just like I think Red Sox fans felt that after not feeling it was worth it for years, now feel David Price is worth it. Because he, they, when they needed them, they won one. Yeah, but he's got to produce again. Oh yeah, yeah already I, under, I, I, I oh yeah, I understand that. But at least, but it, but there'll always be that moment where, like, well, you know what? Like a Rod, a Rod did not have a great run in New York. No, right, right. But in two thousand nine, they won the World Series, and he's been revered for doing that. Yep, same with Wade Boggs. Right, so, you know what I mean. So in other words, getting that one. Uh, you know, in the end, when they look back on you retrospectively, yeah, yeah, they won with them at one year. Yeah, it's worth it. True. Very true. I mean, yeah, winning it is huge. There's no question. But my goodness, he is going to be weighed for every single thing he does, you know. Oh, He's no going to have to bat minimum 280. He's going to have to have minimum 30 home runs and yep. minimum – Hundred RBIs a year for thirteen right. years in order right. for people not to just be all over him, you know, and that's a lot of pressure. Baseball, tough sport, and he's got he's already got in the contract allegedly a no trade clause. Wow, <laughs> who would take him? <laughs> take the contract? Maybe the Yankees, maybe the Red Sox. Uh, the Red Sox, it. you know what? The Red Sox wouldn't do that. I don't think. I think that their idea. I think they want to keep their own guys. I think the time of going outside, unless they lose a guy, I think they want to take care of their own people right now because yeah. I think their own people are the key to what they want to do going forward. I think the Yankees, Kev. To be honest with you, I think the Yankees are the same way. The Yankees are not really a go out and sign. Group anymore, and they haven't been for years. That's a that Yankee team's got a lot of homegrown talent on it. Oh yeah, same with the Red Sox. I mean, and they they kind of learned that formula from teams like Tampa Bay and uh, Kansas City Royals, and you know, hey, you can win if you bring the right guys up. You know, sure. 
and fortunately for the Yankees and Red Sox, if you're a fan or not, they're they brought up good players, real good. You know that they they didn't have to go. Well, both teams for a while were trading off their minor league players too. And exactly. They found that yes. didn't work. Yeah. You know? Well, you can do it, but you can do that. I'll give you an example. You can do that. Like uh, Johan Moncada, he was the number one prospect in all of baseball. Well, they put him in a four-player package. They sent him to the White Sox for Chris Sale. Well, guess what? That pays off. Yeah. Uh, Because dealing prospects, how many times does a prospect come through? I mean, John Smoltz aside for Doyle Alexander. I mean, most of the time these prospects disappear. Yep. Yep. Wow. Jeez. Hey, did you measure your hand? That's the big thing today. Yeah, If your hand, if you go from pinky to thumb... Yeah, and it's at least nine inches. You can play quarterback in the NFL. You want to know why they? You want to know why they think hand size is important? To hold fumbling. the ball, fumbling. <laughs> it's, it's all about fumbling. In other words, they've always I been concerned out of about college, but I figured yeah, that out. <laughs> right. I mean, fumbling the ball. That's what they're concerned about. That if you can't grip it enough, you can get. They can swipe at you, and you're going to drop it. And you look look at Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger's got meat cleavers. Yeah. So does Aaron Rodgers, I guess. He's yeah. got big hands. Yeah. Um, but this kid, the Heisman Trophy winner, he's only like eight and a half. He's got tiny hands. That's not tiny, but I mean, for the NFL, I guess that's small. Yeah, but he's 5'10 yeah, and one-eighth inches tall. <laughs> yeah. Five, ten, he broke the 5'10 barrier. <laughs> Well, you know what, though? Uh, the, the one thing that they're going to push hard about him is that 89% of his throws at Oklahoma were from the pocket and not scrambling. So that's the part they're going to push and say he can do it. He's a great athlete. But he sure is. Yeah. So now one of the most highly anticipated college pro days uh, we'll circle on the calendar is March the 13th, because uh, from what we hear, uh, Kyler Murray will not be throwing at the scouting combine. Yeah, he doesn't have to do that. Just throw in your own pro day. March 13th. Yeah, that's when Penn State starts spring practice. That's when the the Big Ten tournament opens, so you'll have to tell me about it. Okay. (laughs) Off to Chicago. Yes, I'll be in Chicago that day. Yes, I will. So how's basketball doing? Uh, Won three in a row, beat 17th-ranked Maryland by 17 points last night. Wow. So it's legit. Good. Yeah, they're they're playing really well. They've won five of their last seven now. They've won five of their last seven, and two of those wins are Michigan and Maryland. Not bad. Yeah, that's very good. Makes it more fun for you. Oh, a lot more fun. Absolutely. I mean, it makes the postgame show better. Yeah. Well, it's hard to announce when the team's not good, you know. So You're saying I don't have have experience. What about Jimmy? In Hartford, there's, I, actually, I think Kathy went to St. Joe's, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Your, yeah. your wife, yeah. That was yeah. a nursing school, all-girls yeah. school, up until yeah, a year her. ago. And then they allowed, now it's co-ed, and they decided to have an NCAA Division Three basketball team. Yeah. And Jim Calhoun's their coach. So. Yeah, they had the uh, 1999 UConn reunion over the weekend. Kevin Freeman who was one of the stars on that team with Khalid Alamine and uh, 
Rip Hamilton. Yeah. Kevin's now an assistant coach here at uh, at Penn State. In fact, he lives on the same street Jen does. Really? So he went back for the reunion after the Illinois game on Saturday. I was putting a bar in uh, somebody's house. They, they gave me directions. The contractor said um, this couple had been in a bar that I did in Bloomfield, and they loved the bar top, and they wanted it in their house. So the contractor called me, and I said, I had never done anyone's house. That's kind of, you know. I said, all right. So he gives me directions. He said, when you see the pillars... On the houses, you know you're close. It's at West Hartford. So I drive up there with a kid. We go up the hill. We take a right. And we think they're roads, but they're actually driveways. So we're trying to find, <laughs> the, we're trying to find the correct right. So then we do find it, and we're going in. These are their mansions. It's in West Hartford, Connecticut. And they're huge houses. And I pull up. And the contractor's waiting for me. He says, I wasn't kidding, was I? I said, no. He goes, look across the street. I said, wow, look at that place. He goes, that's Ray Allen's house. <laughs> Holy crow. I'm, you're talking. Oh, this guy, this house was the mayor of West Hartford or something in real estate. But wow. Mansion, golf course, grass, unbelievable. I'm like, wow, don't screw up, man. <laughs> So. Exactly. No, I mean, yeah, and, and, and you know, uh, one one third of those people that in that neighborhood got into digital media. So, <laughs> I, well, Rice Harper can buy a house there. He can buy the whole neighborhood if he wants. Yes, he could. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I, that is just stunning. If you're a free agent coming up, you're like, wow, what a good day today was. You know, man. Oh well, it's going, it's going to be interesting because it took a long time to do it, though, and that's the part I think that has everybody a little bit antsy is well, how long it took. Yeah, he's temperamental too. He's going to have a heart. If he doesn't perform, the Philadelphia fans are going to be on him like you know what, and it, <coughs> it's going to be relentless. I wonder what nickname they'll have for him <laughs> if he doesn't oh, perform. <laughs> well, we'll find out by June. Word, we'll find out by May. Huh? We'll find out by May. Yeah. <laughs> Did he join the games. team yet, or is he on vacation? No, he hasn't, he hasn't even signed yet. Oh, he he'll hasn't sign signed? It. Yeah, he'll sign it. They just have agreed in principle to it. God, if he doesn't agree to that, he's not going to well, get no, a job. But I mean, they just got to go through the fine, then they'll, they'll have a formal signing. So. Oh, my God. Well, that's going to be all the radio tomorrow is going to be about that. So, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, how are things going? How's home life? It's all good. Good. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're, you know, I'm on the road just enough to make everybody happy. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> he's gone. <laughs> he's out of there. How's the drunk dog? Oh, oh the drunk dog. Oh, <laughs> I wake up every day, it's still there. You know, it's still it's it's still soused. Uh, you know, in fact, I think it's the leader of the opioid crisis. Uh, so. Sean, you got to see this dog; it's so funny. I have I've met him a few times. Yes. Oh, you have met him. Yeah. He he looks like the, who's that comedian? 
Foster Brooks. Foster Brooks. Foster Brooks. <laughs> he looks just like him. <laughs> it's Steve's give and take, but it's so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> it's all it's all give. There is no take. It doesn't like just look at it looks at you like, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> Could I have a Dorito? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> How about some cheese? Oh, yeah, sure. Here, 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 have a block. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> Anyone totally. got a bottle opener? <laughs> That's why I always I always uh, walk by the dog and go, hey, you left your bottle opener over here. <laughs> <laughs> he stumbles over and gets it. <laughs> oh, I mean, because the dog, the dog is older now, so when he gets up, it does, like, stagger <laughs> a little bit. I go, will you move it? Because this guy is so old. <laughs> He's a good oh. dog. Uh, God bless him. Oh. <laughs> oh, believe me. Got that dog from Europe. Europe? Oh, he oh, doesn't yeah. even speak English. Oh, God, believe me. <laughs> Maybe I'm, that's the problem. He doesn't say the words you're saying. Yeah, All Greek no to him. kidding. No kidding. <laughs> right? No, the dog's from Hungary. But we got the dog 14 years ago. Wow. We got the dog 14 years ago. Kathy He's from Hungary? The... Yes. Kathy wanted to breed Havanese, so she got one uh, through Europe. So I had to drive on Father's Day out to JFK Airport to pick this thing up. I remember that. Oh, yeah, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dog is hungry. He's hungry, get him at he's the hungry all the time. So, no, 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 he's from Hungary. <laughs> so that, so, that, so, that, so that Kathy says, oh, we got to give her something. We have to give her something to eat. I'm like, all right. So in New Jersey, next to a waste treatment plant, we stop and get sensing <laughs> a trend. We stop we stop at a Wendy's. She feeds the dog a Wendy's burger. Well, Neil's wow. to say for about a week we paid for that. So <laughs> Oh, look at her I'm going, Okay. You know what? I, I, Call you know, a crapper. I mean, I I did my part as as the husband here, okay? I mean, I've been about as patient as I could be. I, I, I said nothing. Like, oh, poor dog. He ends up being an alcoholic. Wow. Oh, well, I don't know. If, well, actually, the dog could have driven me to drink, but instead it went the other way around. <laughs> Still going strong. I'll walk past and go, ah, I made it to Christmas, did you? <laughs> yeah, because she's going to be, let's see, 17 years old. Oh, my. Wow. Got the dog 15 years ago this Father's Day. Wow, fifteen years old. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're we're buddies. Yeah, he's a good dog. It's funny. <laughs> oh. Oh. I got as close as I get to the NFL. I got nine inches, so nine and an eighth. I had the okay. measure. I didn't even check. I just know that you know, just the mere thought of having somebody run after me. Here, take the ball. Yeah. <laughs> there you, know, you wanted that back? Go ahead. I got something to do tonight when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> Off to okay. Madison. Have a fun in New Jersey. <laughs> That's next week. I got Madison first where it's eight below zero. <laughs> Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.